Hey there, it's Coach Kim, and this is a Total Female Hockey Podcast, where we're going to help players, coaches, and teams take their game to the next level. Let's make some magic happen. Hey there, it's Coach Kim, and today we're going to talk about developing your own style of play. Now, this is a topic I'm super excited about, I can totally nerd out about for many, many hours. I've done many presentations on this. So for today, I think we're just going to start simple. I'm going to share with you my personal philosophy on style of play. It's a principle-based style of player development. I'm going to share that with you. If you guys really like it and give me some feedback and you want me to go even deeper and really nerd out and share some PDFs and some videos that I use to support this style of play, I'd be happy to share it. But let's start small. And we're going to start with why I developed this way of playing in the first place. So as some of you may know, I'm, I'm the director of hockey operations at one of the biggest girls hockey associations in the world. And I took on a role a number of years ago um, and as with an idea of bringing every team together, all our players together uh, in a f- shared framework so that we could look at player development, not just from you know player to player within a team or you know, level to level or age group to age group, but really give an overarching focus. And that's how I came up with the Wildcat way to play. And so I'm going to share a little bit of that today in a more sort of generic uh, thought pattern. But the reason I did it, again, was mostly for connectivity. So you can imagine your own daughter or your player and you know, this season you're playing for Coach X and Coach X is really great at some things and not so great at some other things. Um, but perhaps they have a certain style of play that they want you to execute on. And of course, it's girls hockey. So we're going to do it as the coach asks. And so if they say, stand here, do this, we're going to stand here and do this. And if they want us to dump the puck in or if they want to keep it, you know, to keep it no matter what, or if there's a certain forecheck or power play, we're going to execute that. Now, imagine next season you go and play for Coach Y. And Coach Y has a completely different style of play. And so hopefully you've got the skill set, the individual skills, the fundamental five. You've got the hockey IQ to be able to execute that style of play. But you're going to have to start from the beginning of the curriculum, or as I like to say, at the beginning of the alphabet. So, you know, you, you still have your skills you had before. You have your hockey knowledge you had before, but it's not necessarily connected from team to team, year to year. So when I took on this role, I really thought, is there a way to connect all the dots? Because we had talked for years about what's the most important skill to teach? What aspects of skating do we want to focus on? You know, what kind of forecheck should we promote to all our coaches? We talked in these kind of smaller terms and I thought, well, I don't think we should be dictating which forecheck our teams decide to use or which power skating skills they must do. Uh, I think Coaches need to have a lot of autonomy. They have their own skills coaches. Uh, They have their own philosophies on player development. So I thought, could we bring in something that is overarching of everything, not too prescriptive, but can be a bit of a guiding light for our coaches as they navigate the year and make sure that they fill all the right buckets um, in terms of long-term player development and developing the complete player. So by having this, we connect the teams, we connect the coaches, we connect the whole organization. And then it was my job or my idea, I guess, to create these shared concepts and vocabulary of the way we're going to teach things, which then allows us to create consistency and continuity between age groups and levels for our players and our teams and our families. So that if we're using these same 
principles of player development across the board, then as they move from team to team or coach to coach, they should be hearing the same words and they should be learning the same concepts and and maybe also using the same drills because I develop a lot of drills and practice plans for our coaches as well. And so that allows players to go from year to year and maybe not have to start at A in the alphabet every single year. Maybe they get to move into that next team and because they've got this shared principle-based way of playing, Maybe they're starting at D, E, or F, and you can imagine the advantage that gives the team having everyone start a little further along the curriculum, but even more importantly, the advantage that gives the player in terms of their confidence and their ability to execute, knowing that, hey, I already know a lot of these terms, and hey, we did a lot of these drills last year, and they don't feel like you know they're in that honeymoon period where they have to figure it all out. They come in feeling a little bit more empowered uh, and able to execute the style of play that their team wants right out of the gate. So the biggest thing I want to talk about today are the three P's. I'm going to go through them in in a bit of a general way, and we can delve into them, uh, like I said, really deeply on future calls. Usually when I do this, this overview, it's an hour, hour and a half call, and then delving deeper into each of the three P's is another hour or so with video and examples and all of that. So for me, and this is how I've always taught players in all the years I've coached, in all the camps I've done uh, with Total Female Hockey, uh, I really believe that I want my players to be fast, smart, and tough. Fast, smart, and tough. This is my overarching theme. Now, I, I changed it to the three Ps to make it sound... I don't know, a little fancier, put a little Ivy League spin on it. So we talk about pace, poise, and physicality. Pace, poise, physicality is really the same as fast, smart, and tough hockey. So with the three Ps, we want to make sure that our players understand how to use these principles, pace, poise, and physicality, both on offense and on defense. And also when we have the puck and when we don't have the puck. So let me explain that for a second. So let's say we want to play with poise when we have the puck on offense. Okay, there's the players, there's the player who actually has the puck. So what does she need to do to show poise? What does that skating look like? What does that passing look like? What does that stick handling look like to have poise on offense when you've got the puck? But then also the players without the puck need to show poise on offense. So how are they jumping into certain spaces at the right time? How are they understanding how to screen the goalie properly and when to move and when to put their stick down and when to take the goalie's eyes away? To me, that's an example of having poise, understanding when to move into a space or when not to move into a space, right? And and the way I look at a lot of these things, if we're going to you know, talk about these principles of play, it's ultimately about giving players all the tools to make good decisions, I hesitate to say right decisions because, of course, we coach girls and so they're going to want to do things exactly. Well, what do I do the next time that exact play happens, Kim? Well, that exact play is never happening again, Sally. So we need to give you a toolbox so you can make the best decision possible with all the information you have and the skill set that you have. Obviously, a U22 elite player is going to have a much different toolbox with a lot more skill sets than a U9 player is going to have. And so... They still should be able to understand these principles of play, um, but they might make very different decisions based on the tool set that they have. And so it's all about doing the right thing at the right place at the right time. That's what decision making is. We could argue that's what hockey IQ is. So you might be able to skate really fast and handle the puck and pass and shoot and use your body. But if you can't 
then apply that into a game decision or game situation and make the right decision at the right time, then are you really playing hockey or are you just a really good skill player? And so that to me is really, really important as we talk about these principles of play. It's not just the nitty gritty, you know, oh, well, we're talking about poise, so we have to be able to do heel to heel so we can build a wall. Yes, that's true. That's an example of a skating skill that would absolutely be a key part of poise. But then we've got to layer onto that. Can I do that with the puck? Can I do it turning into the wall, which means that I'm going to lose my vision of the ice. So when am I scanning? What information do I have? Where are my teammates likely to be when I make that play in the corner in the offensive zone? Can I do it in both directions equally as well? Can I do it facing the play? So you can imagine using the heel to heel to open up on the power play or a D walking the line on the point. When I'm walking the line on the point, do I understand when I need to get my head up, when to delay, when I should put the puck through on the shot? Again, those are the decision making that, yes, you have to have the heel to heel to be able to be opened up to make that play. But you know, if you don't have the understanding in the hockey IQ of how the game is played coupled with the style of play that your coach wants you to take you know if your coach doesn't love shots from the point that's going to change a lot your decision making when you're in that heel to heel position at the top of the blue line if your coach loves shots on the point with lots of traffic then you're going to make a different decision so all these things are kind of mixed together and so you know what I found myself you know in in total female hockey and in in my coaching I do uh, with organizations is I just found I was getting caught a lot in the minutiae, the little stuff. Oh, like, oh, I got to work on more on passing. This is the type of shot I want to work on. And and once I developed these, these three Ps around fast, smart, tough, pace, poise, physicality, it was like everything became easier. And I could always say, okay, well, today we need to, we need to talk about pace. And we're going to talk about speeding it up or slowing it down or thinking faster, being able to think a play ahead, not necessarily always moving faster, but being able to think faster so we can make better decisions. So this for me was like a real aha moment when I came up with it. And, and I, like I said, I've developed a lot of resources around it. It doesn't have to be the three P's, just what I chose. You might decide with your team or your organization, you've got three different things. I think three things is really, really uh, achievable. Uh, it's hard even with like the U9 age group, but certainly as you move up into you know U11 and above, you know the players can start to grasp these concepts and these terms, I think, a little bit uh, better. But you might choose three different principles or you know three different letters or three different words that really sing to the way that you want to play. Uh, but I think it's really, really important to have that unifying vision. And even when I was out uh, coaching with the Icelandic national team, we didn't use the three P's, but we used fast, smart, and tough. In every game, we talked about being fast, being smart, and being tough. And we had checkmark goals for every single game, specific numbers that we wanted to achieve in every game we played in that world championship that were surrounded or that were centered around fast, smart, and tough. So I'll give you an example. When we talked about tough, we talked about winning the second shot battle in front of the net. So we get more second shots on the net from in tight than the other team gets from in tight. So these are things that we can track that can also reinforce our style of play so that, you know, we, we wouldn't um, have different check marks that don't fit with how we choose to play our style of play. So if, if, you know, smart was one of them, or as I do it with the three Ps, if that was poise and we're a possession based team who wants to create multiple opportunities off the rush and then regain possession if we, if we don't score and create again, well, 
then I can't be talking about dumping and chasing in the pregame talk. Maybe I can if it's strategic. We're in a world championship. It's something we feel like we need to do. But in terms of our general style of play, you know, for us, that wouldn't necessarily be something that we would do tactically that would match our three Ps. And so you want to have things be consistent. So by having this principles-based style of play, it allows you to have connectivity between how you plan your practices, how you speak to your fellow coaches and players, how you prepare for games, how you execute in games, and it just brings it all together. So again, it's a little bit of a nerdy way of doing it, but I really enjoyed putting it together, and so I want to share a little bit more of it with you today. Um, Let's start with pace. So that's the number one, or speed, depending on how you want to call it. That's not always speeded up. I think a lot of players, we talk about playing with pace, they think, oh, I got to go faster and faster. And and quite honestly, when I'm talking to my U9 team, we are talking a a lot about all gas, no brakes, go, 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 go. But as you move up in levels, you gain more uh, skating, puck protection, uh, a little bit more awareness of the ice, a little bit more positional play, so players are in the right places at the right time then you know we could turn it down into a bit more of a slow it down type of situation. So we're not just going full throttle, all gas, no brakes all the time. So you know, to me, pace is using your physical and mental ability to manipulate the speed of the game. And one of my favorite players to watch uh, is Melody Dow, who played for Canada for a long time. And she just she would change a game by a decision that she would make to pull back into the neutral zone or come back into her own zone. Or, you know, she'd look like she was going to pass it one way and wheel back behind the net and allow another play to develop. So, you know, she's fast. She can play quickly, but her decision-making was so quick. Her ability to think a play ahead or think fast actually meant sometimes she would slow the game down as a result of that read or that decision that she made. So if we're talking about pace on offense, I always tell players we want to, we want to think fast. doesn't mean we always have to be going a million miles an hour, but we need to think fast. We need to know one step ahead, two steps ahead. That comes from scanning and awareness. That comes from the skating skills that we have to be able to have scanning and awareness. If we don't have effective tight turns, if we can't use our outside edge, if we can't go heel to heel, if we can't pivot properly to stay square to the puck carrier, then it's going to be really hard to make decisions because we're turning our back on the play. So on the flip side of that is defensive. So when we don't have the puck, when our team doesn't have possession of the puck, we still want to play with pace. Now, we might want to speed it up. If we've got numbers, so you know they've got one puck carrier coming down the ice with the puck and we've got two Ds back, we're in a speed it up kind of situation. We don't want to let that one attacker come against two defenders and just let them in the front door over our blue line. So what we do, well, one of those Ds would get into hunt mode and would be aggressive and would... You know, skate forwards and angle that player off, try to force her to give up possession instead of her just backing in and allowing her teammates to change with her or allowing that player to get a shot opportunity when we have a lot of support. So that would be a speeded up situation. Our Ds would, are, you know, could be strong side, weak side, depending on the team. One of our Ds would step up and angle and hunt that player. And then our other D would, would hinge back. And that would allow us to eliminate that player's time. So that's really what pace is for me on defense. It's taking away the other team's time. So they don't have time to make a play. They don't have time to wait for their teammates to come and help them. That's a speed it up kind of situation. The flip side of that might be if I'm going in, if they're coming against me on a two-on-one, I'm not going to be in that same hunt mode. 
most likely, although in U9 I might be because, you know, the number of uh, east-west passes made for a, a shot on net are pretty low. But, you know, as we move up into the older levels, you're, you're less likely to be aggressive and to hunt on a two-on-one. So you're thinking more about how do I slow this rush down? Where are my teammates coming to support me? Am I really all alone or is there great back pressure? If so, maybe I'm a little bit more aggressive. You know, what do I want to take away? Where am I going to put my stick? Again, it's all decision-making. But if you're outnumbered and it's a two-on-one against you, you're not thinking about speeding the game up. You're thinking about slowing it down. So that's an example of how to use pace on offense and how to use pace on defense with and without the puck. The next one, poise, or if you're using the other, you know, the FST, that's smart. So poise, smart, same idea. Okay, to me, this is playing with creativity and patience in open ice and when you're under pressure. So poise isn't just, oh my gosh, someone's forechecking me hard and I've got to make this tight turn to initiate the breakout. That's extremely important. It might be one of the best examples of poise, but uh, it's it can be we can be poised when there's less pressure on us and still play with you know some some uh, structure and not get into this urgency panic mode. Um, but again, being able to be creative, a lot of this comes down to s- your skating skills, your stick handling skills if you have the puck, your passing skills if you have your puck, but also playing with poise, is, it's huge about how our pass receivers get open and create space for their teammates. So to me, playing with poise on offense is not just the puck carrier, it's everybody on the ice uh, playing together, okay? and it's creating time and space for high quality shot opportunities or offensive opportunities. So that means that the four skaters who don't have the puck are working extremely hard for that one player without or with the puck so that she has support, so that she has space, so she has time, so that she has great passing options. Maybe she has some shooting options if she's in the offensive zone. So often hockey is kind of flipped. Every, the four people watch the one person and go, Sally's pretty good. I hope she scores. But they're not necessarily driving into lanes, setting picks, getting open to give that puck carrier many different op- options of what she wants to do. Wow, that, you know, think of it kind of like a quarterback in football, you know, without, you know, the time to set your play at the line of scrimmage. But that quarterback, the one with the puck, should be able to look up and go, oh, wow, I've got her over there and I've got her over there and I've got her over there. And then I've got this one supporting me. This is great. I can be creative now. Versus, man, I have the puck and the other team's all hunting me and I don't really know where the rest of them are going, so I'm just going to panic and throw it away because I don't know what to do with it. And so I think it's really important when we're talking about poise on offense, it is about the player with the puck. But often in a team setting, we're so focused on their, their puck possession and their puck control and even where they might pass the puck that we don't focus as much as on the players without the puck and how they drive the poise of the team and the possession of the team. Now, if you flip that onto the defensive side of the puck, we're talking about poise. To me, it's about eliminating space. It's about having great sticks. So if you can imagine, again, uh, you're angling up on the forecheck, you're forward, and that D is coming out with full control, eyes up, full stride, looking to make you know a play up the ice on the breakout or on the regroup you're not necessarily going to get stick on puck body on body because she's heads up. You don't have a great gap. So how would you use poise here? Well, your goal is to eliminate space. So if you just skate up to her with your stick just in front of you casually and you're not getting big, 
by you know spreading your arms out or reaching your stick out into a passing lane, then you're not doing as good of a job of eliminating space. Right? This is why coaches love to work on forechecking drills and they hate the flyby, is how do you teach players to skate in such a way that denies the middle of the ice just by the way they skate, the, pa- the path they take, but also the positioning of their stick. We want the other team to be on the wall. That's the least dangerous place for them to be. So how do we eliminate the middle as an option for our opponents? And that to me is what we're trying to do defensively. So if we talk about poise, it's about putting them where we want them to go. Where do we want the opponent? Well, we want them on the wall. Okay, great. That's how we're going to eliminate space, how we're going to use poise on defense. What are we going to do to keep them on the wall? Where are your feet going to point? What kind of skating are you using? Where's your stick going to be positioned? How are you going to support that? And that, again, depending on what forecheck you're using, if, if we're talking about the offensive zone, that's going to look different if you're in a 2-1-2 or a 1-2-2 or a trap or whatever you decide to use as your tactical or strategic play for your team. But ultimately, no matter what forechecking system you're using, you're trying to eliminate space. You're trying to keep them on the outside of the ice because not a lot of scary things are going to happen on the outside of the ice. So that's a different way of thinking of poise on defense. You don't want to just run around a million miles an hour. You want to control and dictate the pace of the game even when you don't have the puck. So again, poise is playing with creativity and patience in open ice and when you're under pressure, both with and without the puck. To me, that is the one that when you move up levels, you move up age groups, the players who are able to play with poise and dictate the pace of the game uh, in open ice and under pressure, you know, these players are have a very easy time moving up in levels and age groups uh, because they just don't panic. They don't play hot potato po- hockey. They're not just throwing it around all over the place. And again, you really, really see it when it comes to passing, understanding when to give it, when to keep it, being able to put it through different passing lanes, being able to use your body in order to protect it, in order to buy that extra half second before you move it to your teammate. And then the flip side of that, those players who just always seem to be in the right place at the right time are the ones who get those little passes, who get that bank pass off the wall because their timing is so good. They've created time and space for their teammate to make that great pass. I mean, sometimes we think about the great pass, oh, look at that great pass, and we we pat that player on the back, but somebody had to receive that pass. And that player had to do a lot of work to get into that right place at the right time. And that's, again, through her decision-making and her hockey IQ. Now, the last one to me, the last P, which I think is the most important because it is a differentiator in the female game because some players just aren't confident enough to do it. And if you've been watching uh, the Professional Women's Hockey League, you've seen a ton of physicality. I love it. It's great. The refs are letting them play. Uh, It looks... Almost like we've got checking along the wall. There's a lot of body contact, a lot of using your body to build a wall, a lot of using your body to set picks for your teammates, create time and space uh, for yourself and and the rest of your team. So to me, physicality, the third P, again, we could just talk about toughness, but I'm trying to keep the three Ps together here, is using your strength and your speed to overwhelm the opponent. So you're not just skating next to them, and being a part of the game. You are physically imposing yourself on the game. Now, this doesn't mean you're sending out bone-crushing body checks or you know doing anything that would create a penalty situation, but it is about 
especially on offense, owning your space. Can you physically own your space? So let's talk about being on the wall again. If we're on offense and we've got the puck, we do not want to be on the wall. We need to find ways to get pucks into the middle of the ice. So if you if your opponent is trying to have you skate up the wall on the breakout or through the neutral zone, how are you going to get it from the wall into the middle? How can you physically use your body to get in to that key middle part of the ice where all the magic happens, where all the goals are scored? You know, do you understand how to protect the puck in those situations by building a wall? Do you understand how to drive skate around the corner? Do you understand how to make a read of what's actually open? Is the space in front of that opponent? Is the space behind that opponent? Do I need to chip it around her? Do I need to delay? Do I need to cut east-west with a heel-to-heel to get in front of her? These are, again, components of physicality because in order to do this effectively, you want to physically touch the other player. Often at my camps when teaching physicality, which I almost teach at every single camp, we talk a lot about building the wall. And in order to build the wall effectively, you actually need to touch your opponent. And we talk a lot about cutting their hands or getting your butt on their hands so that they can't control their stick. That's their main weapon that they have to defend against you. And so if you can get you know, your hips on their hands or if you can build that wall physically and push into them, not only are you going to be able to create a wall that makes it puck you bad guy, makes it very hard for them to get the puck, but it also gives you information. So if on offense, you're able to physically touch your opponent when you have the puck, you're going to know exactly where she is. You don't actually have to stare at her or stare at her stick. If you are physically touching her and she's on your right hip, you might decide to spin your left because you can feel her on the right. You don't need to look and see if she's there if you're physically touching her. So it's a different source of information that we often shy away from that physicality. Uh, And again, we're not talking about body checking. I've got the puck. But if I'm confident leaning in, figuring out where that pressure actually is, and spinning away from that pressure or driving through it if if they're not actually pushing me as hard as as I think they are. And often when you push into someone, what happens? Well, they push back. So if you push in, and they push back, they might actually help spin you in the direction you want to go, which is kind of useful. So physicality, owning your space. And again, we can do that on offense when I'm not the puck carrier. Think about getting in front of the net. This is my favorite place to be when I was a player. I loved anywhere from the hash marks down. I scored 95% of my goals from those dirty areas in front of the net. So do you understand when to arrive there? Do you understand when to skate through there? Do you understand where to put your stick when that shot is taken? Do you understand that there's a lot of space behind the net where you can get lost from the defenders and reappear in front of the net at the time that the puck comes just in time to receive that pass? You know, Are we willing, excited, and able to go into those physical situations and overwhelm your opponent and dominate your opponent in those areas? Are we going into the front of the net kind of scared and standing up and not really confident in our stance or in our edges? When we talk about physicality, we talk about drive skating, we talk about spinning off. If you haven't got a good outside edge, you're not going to be able to do this. You might be able to stand there in your train tracks and hold your position, but you're not going to be able to manipulate the space when you feel that your opponent's on one side and you want to go the other way. You've got to have great outside edges to be able to cut in and make those turns and own your space. Another op- another thing about physicality okay, is on the defensive side of the puck. Now, this one is, is tough. Coaches teach it a lot more, I think. 
um, because it looks like D-zone coverage, it looks like penalty kill, it looks like forechecking. But again, we got to be careful we're not just running players over, running into them. we got to understand how to use our skating in order to contain the opponent. So if you can't catch her, if you can't hunt the puck, if you don't think you can steal it, can you just keep her on the wall? Can you just keep her behind the net? Can you keep her away from the net front? That's containing. You can use your skating in order to do that with your body positioning and your stick positioning. That's part of physicality, just containing them in a less dangerous area of the ice outside the dot line. The second point of that is pressuring, right? Do we understand when to get stick on puck, body on body? Do we understand how to pin safely, effectively, without taking a penalty? Do we understand what that might look like in our own zone, behind the net, in the neutral zone, on the forecheck? How does our physicality change depending on the forecheck that we're doing? Or depending on the penalty kill that we're using. So again, this is where you take the three Ps, you take your principles of play, and you can insert your systems anywhere you want here. You can choose any systems you want, but you have this unified language within an organization that allows you to, even if the coaches from year to year have different systems, that overall arching philosophy of player development and style of play stays the same. So we've got contain, keep the opponent to the outside. We've got pressure, stick on puck, body on body, maybe getting a pin. And then the third one is obtain. Try to get to the puck. Actually be the one stealing the puck or if your teammate pins, you're the one recovering the puck. So to me, that's what physicality looks like on defense is kind of going through those three steps in order to obtain the puck. Now it might not be you. You might just be the one containing and angling and shuttling that player into your defenseman uh, through the neutral zone forecheck so that that D can be a little bit more physical and pressure and get stick on puck body on body. But then you might come back on the back check and your D's done a great job of being physical and she's done the, the pressuring part and now you might be able to be the one who obtains the puck and gets it back to go the other way. So again, this is just an overarching philosophy, way of thinking, style of play, way to play that I've developed that really infuses itself in every practice I plan. And I run about 15 practices a week. It infuses itself into every skill session I run with Total Female Hockey. It I've used these principles, these ideas with my U9 team this year, and I definitely use them all the way up to the national team uh, that I'm coaching with Team Iceland. So they're pretty universal. It's the style I believe in. I'm not saying it's the style you need to believe in. This is just the way that I like the game to be played for now. Who knows? Maybe 10 years from now, I th I'll think it will be a different way. But to me right now, this is my driving force. This is my unifying document. This is my style of play that I'm teaching and preaching and developing uh, with all the players that I work with. But ultimately, you know, all your skills are in here. When you talk about pace, poise, physicality, the skill development part you know, you can really see where your skating comes in, your passing comes in, your shooting, your puck control, your checking. It all comes in through these three Ps. And then, you know, you've got your systems on the other side of it. But to he somewhere in the middle, these are the concepts. The concepts on offense and defense of eliminating time, eliminating space, containing and pressuring and obtaining the puck. You know, on offense, thinking fast, dictating the tempo, creating time and space for for scoring opportunities, owning your space when you have the puck or when your team has possession of the puck. These concepts really connect your skill development 
to your system play, your strategic play. And that's the part that I really like about this is this that vocabulary talking about, you know, these words that we use that are shared and allow us to have this connectivity and consistency and continuity between our coaches and between our teams. I think that's where the real real power of this is. And having done it now for three or four years, we're really, really seeing that our players now understand these terms. They understand these, these principles. They're able to apply them in game situations. And we're able to ask them questions. How could you have made that play with a little bit more poise? Or what could we have done there to, to slow the game down? Or can we use our physicality differently uh, on our penalty kill so that we don't take so many penalties? And the way that we question our players and talk to our players has really, really changed because their understanding of our style of play has really, really changed. So I think it's really powerful and it really helps to develop the hockey IQ so that they understand, again, the purpose and what they're trying to do. Not just I'm not just learning skills to learn skills. I need to learn skills and execute systems so that I can make the right decisions Okay, I can do the right thing in the right place at the right time. That's hockey IQ. That's golden. It's one of the most important things we can teach our players. <coughs> Sorry about that. So let me know what you think of this episode. Like I said, I've done many presentations with videos and examples and handouts, and I still do those for many different organizations. So if that's something you and your organization are interested in, you know where to find me. If you'd like me to delve deeper into any of these three Ps in a future uh, podcast episode, I'd absolutely love to. I've got way more detail. We can really get down into the minutia of, of each of the three Ps on offense and defense or all the skills that go with it. So shoot me an email if it's something you want me to delve deeper into or if you have any questions. Uh, if there's anything you'd like me to share on any of this stuff, again, you know where to find me. I hope everyone's really enjoying these episodes. I appreciate listening to this slightly more nerdy version of it. Uh, but like I said, I thought it was really important to share my, you know, the style of play that I promote. It really does um, fuel the player development that I do with, with players and teams and organizations. So, you know, please, if you haven't already reviewed the podcast and you're enjoying it, feel free to give us a, a nice review over on whatever um, listening you're, you're doing, whatever uh, service you're using for that. And, Keep working hard and dreaming big. I know we're getting into playoff time here and there's a lot going on. You're probably thinking about next year as well. Um, really, you know, continue to play your game within your team's bigger game. Uh, focus on the little details. Find those extra 10 minutes here and there to work on your puck handling or your shooting or your visualization or your stretching. Drink more water. All those little details help and they're going to allow you to have the best performance possible as we get into you know, playoffs and provincial championships and national championships and all the things coming your way. So work hard, dream big, play your game, and we'll talk to you again soon.